Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, what kind of week did you have? Did you have a good week? Well, you know, every time we had this guest on, I always have a good week because I'm always interested. You know what's funny, Chris, is since we had this guest on, you know, years, a couple of years, I think, two, three years, uh, I wasn't interested in um, college football. And every time he's on, it made me look at it and get more interested and pay attention to it. And I learn a little, but we ain't gonna tell him that, you know. I want him. <laughs> yeah, we know. we won't talk but, about that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. Go ahead. All right. So we have our guru of college football, Mark Slauson. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, excited to talk some college football with you guys. Thanks for the nice compliment, because, James. So, 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 so how many everybody. panels do you watch at a time when you watch college football on Saturdays? Wait, what was that? How, how many channels do you watch at one time when you're watching college um, football? You know, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a master remoter, honestly. Um, <laughs> so I've got one TV, and I um, flip her back and forth. Of course, there's certain games that I, I go the distance with, Um but, yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of a flip-back-and-forth kind of guy. And, actually, I do have to admit, I do. Uh, I usually watch one on my phone also. So um, it's pretty obnoxious. But, uh, yeah, it's, Saturdays are pretty boring around my house for the rest of my family. Sorry, guys. You can't say it's boring. It's interesting. It's interesting. I know. I know. It's, it's, I love it. Um, my wife sometimes likes it. My kids, not so much. So that's my story. <laughs> Well, maybe in time they'll realize that if they want to have spend time with Daddy on Saturday, they got to learn the sport. They got to learn to watch oh, it and boy. love it, just like you do. You're gonna get me in trouble. Yeah, that's that might be their their future, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into talking about it. So, Mark, you're gonna love this. We're we're gonna start with Texas. Okay. All right. Perfect. So, wow, uh, the Texas West Virginia game on Saturday was a real shootout. West Virginia, West Virginia's quarterback, Will Greer, threw for 346 yards, three touchdowns, while Texas quarterback Sam Erlinger went 24 for 34 for a season-high 356 yards and three touchdowns. The difference in the game came down to the last two and a half minutes. West Virginia scored a touchdown and went for the win with a two-point conversion. That could easily have gone the other way. Do you think West Virginia... Do you think his their coach, the West Virginia coach, was being careless or gutsy? Yeah, gutsy for sure. I mean, Dana Holgerson is—he's a—he's a gambler, and I mean, I respect the heck out of that guy. Um, it was kind of—I saw the the writing on the wall. You know, Texas scored with about two and a half minutes left, and you know, kind of both defenses all game have been just Swiss cheese. I mean, it, it was—it was not a defensive exhibition by any stretch of the imagination. So when Texas scored with about two and a half minutes left, went up seven points, I mean, I, certainly I was happy, but I was thinking, oh, it's 
too much time on the clock. Uh, sure enough, you know, um, Will Greer grabs the troops, gets them down the field, and, uh, I mean, the, really the play of the game was the, the touchdown pass. It was kind of a weird situation where the play clock was going. They were allowing Texas to substitute, so it was kind of one of those confusing moments where the clock was winding down, winding down, winding down, and uh, Will Greer just uh, throws a dart uh, into the back of the end zone with two Texas guys draped on him and, and just put it right there, the only spot that it could have been thrown, just a clutch throw uh, to, to put them within one. And then, yeah, you know, there's a, there's footage actually of Daner Holgerson, um, the coach of, of West Virginia, talking to, to Will Greer, the quarterback, and just says, hey, do you want to go win this game right now? And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was just a, it was a no-brainer to me. Just the way that that game was going, neither team was really getting any stops. You kind of have to, when you're in that position as a visiting team, Really, you got to kind of roll the dice and, 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 and make that move. A lot of coaches won't do it, but Fulgerson, I mean, he's just he's kind of got that DNA. And um, so, yeah, it was a – and then the, the two-point conversion, that was a whole whole another story. But it was, uh, you know, there's two timeouts that were called and, and you know, kind of positioning and, and strategy going on on both sides. And, uh, yeah, it just ended up being a, just a kind of a – quarterback draw and, and he had the, the angle made it in easily and yeah it was a it was a rough uh, as, a, as a Texas fan it was, it was pretty hard to watch but uh, I, I do I do respect uh, West Virginia and, and they, they deserve to win the game for sure wow so you do realize um, because of because of this game now West Virginia is ranked I think in the top 10 indeed yeah so they they, are. they, they Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I was gonna, no, go ahead. I was, I was just going to follow up, but go ahead. No, I'm just saying that they're they're basically on a collision course with with OU with Oklahoma. If both of those teams go undefeated, they're they're going to play a game at Morgantown, West Virginia, on the the last weekend of the season, the 23rd of, of November, and the winner of that game uh, is you know assured to go to the to the Big 12 championship, and then there's a decent chance that they might end up actually playing each other again for the Big 12 championship, which would be really pretty lame, if you ask me. Um, but that's just kind of the way that the Big 12 organizes their Big 12 championship. It's the top two teams, so it's always going to be a rematch, and it just, it, it's, it's a little tougher to watch when, it, when the game has taken place already a week before. So I'm uh, hoping that that scenario doesn't take place. But yeah, it looks like... Um, you know, both of those guys have a pretty somewhat easy path to get to the to the championship game, um, with the exception of having to play each other. So, um, yeah, it's it's the Big Twelve is pretty interesting this year, actually. Um, the, the you know the Longhorns are right there. If they if they went out, they have a decent chance of getting in. And Iowa State is is creeping up there too, uh, which you know it's unbelievable what Matt Campbell has done there. Uh, so. Yeah, there, there's still some, some uh, meat on that bone, so to speak, in the Big 12 schedule, and uh, it'll be it'll be a fight to the finish. But, uh, yeah, let's hope that there's not a, a rematch, because that's, that's no bueno. <laughs> Would not be good for you. <laughs> no, not for anybody. I mean, nobody wants to see. I mean, it happened. I know it happened 
a couple of years ago in the Pac-12 championship. It was, I think, UCLA and Stanford, maybe. Um, they played on the last game of the season. Uh, I think uh, Stanford, Stanford, I think Stanford ended up winning both of those games. But, yeah, it's just kind of very anticlimactic. Uh, so, but, you know, again, it's just one of those scheduling quirks that you can't do a whole lot about. So I'll still be watching it, but it, it won't, be, won't be my save. Yeah, well, it was it was just interesting, you know. The, it was it was purely purely an offensive game, um, which which for as a fan or or someone who's watching is fun to watch, you know, because you see it. Um, yes. But but then at the very end, when he went for that two point conversion, that was just most coaches would would just go for the tie and then you know go for overtime if they had to. So uh, again, I don't okay. know, gutsy or careless. You know, it's kind of fifty-fifty on that. I, yeah, I, I, I certainly think that you would have been criticized had they not made it. That would have been, you know, that's a tough thing to put your your guys through, get that close, and then you have the chance to tie it right there, and you know that you're gonna, you know, have a chance to win it in overtime as well. So I, it's, I don't know. I, I again, I think what played into it was really just the way that that game had gone. The other factor, Texas had three of its starters on defense that were knocked out of the game with injuries, so they were depleted, and they just, West Virginia was basically doing whatever they wanted to on offense, and there was nothing that Texas could do to stop them, so uh, just just kind of honestly a no-brainer in my opinion. I don't think that, uh, you know, I again, I knew as soon as they scored, I knew that he was going to go for two, and, and, and of course they, you know, hand to him on the sidelines and he was talking to Will Greer and I was just like, oh, geez. not only are they going to go for it, they're, they're most assuredly going to make it. So, yeah, I mean, it, usually college, I think college games are a little bit more emotional where the crowd gets into it a lot more. Uh, there are younger kids out there, so they're kind of, they can have sways of emotion and momentum really plays, I think, a huge part of, of those type of games. And like NFL, yeah, you, probably would never see that happen. Actually, I know you would never see that happen. You're never going to see an NFL right. team go for two in that situation. But college-wise, you're on the road. you got one chance to knock them out. Boom, go for it. And and uh, that's exactly what they did. Hey, Mark, I have a question for you. You said something interesting. Um, you said the um, home team or the away team, you know, had to do something, you know. That's kind of um, interesting you said that. Um, if you could talk more of it. You know, I've been watching these games, and, you know, the way team, I mean, you said the way team, they come into these hostels, you know, um, home games, and they got their home students, you know, there, you know, the more more people there because they're home. Um, you said, you know, they have to do something. Do you mean they have to do, like, some tricky or try a fourth down to change it, or what do you mean by that when you say they have to, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, really, I think as, a, as the away team, what you're trying to do is just avoid momentum swings because, again, with the emotions and everything that come with playing in that kind of environment, oftentimes the home team just gets hot, the crowd goes nuts, it's harder to move the ball as an offense when the, when the fans are so loud and your signals are messed up and you can't hear a thing. Uh, it's, if there's really a much wider discrepancy in the, in the level of play, in college, uh, home teams versus away teams, 
mean, it's just, I mean, it's just Texas, for example. I mean, they've they've played really, really well at home all year long. I mean, the exception being that one point loss to, to West Virginia. But uh, they, you get Texas on the road, and they're just like a whole different team. It's, it's really weird. But I just think again, you know, they're you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and they're they're more susceptible to, to, to momentum swings and to you know outside forces and things going on. And it's, it really takes a mature type of, of squad to go on the road in a hostile environment and come away with a win. And that's what West Virginia is this year. They're in kind of an older, senior laden team, and they it didn't bother them one bit being in Austin and you know they played really well the whole game and um, you know again they, they prevented Texas from having you know any huge kind of run and part of it was just the deficiencies on Texas's defense but I you know you got to give credit to, to you know senior quarterback Will Greer and uh, their their squad for, for just you know executing really well and they're really well coached and, and that's the other part of it is just you know Good coaches prepare their teams really well. Well, you know, no matter if they're playing on the home or on on, on the road, and um, yeah, so credit to Dana Holgerson for for getting them ready to go. Yeah, that's true. Well, tell you what, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of what's going on in the in the the division for for the college football for the rankings. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving, and James, you know, I, I know you didn't watch that Texas West Virginia game, but wow, it was good. 
it was a good game. So, so you know, of course, our, our guest is Mark Slauson. He is our college, uh, college football guru. And uh, Mark, you know, so, so the question I have for both of you guys is, if you were the coach, would you have gone for the two-point conversion? James? No, I mean, I don't know. I, I, one, you said something. I don't watch no teams that Mark like. I don't watch Texas, okay? <laughs> I'm a Texas hater. So Wait, Mark what was that? Come on, I'm a James. Texas hater, you know. I don't like Texas, you know. Because I hate all these schools like that. And we talked about it, Mark. Get all this notoriety. And just because of their name. And they they play the same as the other schools as well. But they get all this and act like they're so great. And those games they play, like you say, Chris, two-point conversion. I mean, other teams play, you know, like that. But they get all this because, you know, it's one game with two-point conversion. But that's funny you said that, Chris. I was thinking that, too, when Mark was talking. If he was a coach, well, he would have went for that. I mean, like Mark said with the away team, if I was a coach, I'd do everything in my power to try and win and get out of there. If I give it a loss, they expected us to lose. So me trying to go on fourth down, actually play with trick plays, I would do it. I mean, I don't know. Wow. Mark, what would you have done? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that I would have gone for it. You know, because uh, it worked and it was successful. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, like, again, Chris, I mean, with the, the way that game was going, the, the West Virginia knew that they probably had a a few two point conversions dialed up that were going to be that were going to work. I mean, they were getting chunk yards all game. I mean, they were getting ten yards if they wanted it. So, uh, to, and you know, again, as a as a coach preparing for a game like that, you're going to have three or four two-point conversions up your sleeve that you feel comfortable with going into that game that you think are going to work. And then you can see kind of how the game plays out and then, you know, call the play accordingly. So I think that it was the right call for sure. Again, you know, and, and James kind of mentioned it. It seems like, teams like Texas, you know, where they have kind of a big name and, and, you know the kind of an obnoxious fan base. Um, you you, you want to you just want to beat them down, and 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 when you get that chance, and you just have like a you know flip of the coin, a roll of the dice, one play, and and you can win the game. I mean, I think you, you've got to feel like all right. If 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 at the beginning of the game, if it start, if you know if you're in this position, you have 11 seconds left, and you have a two point conversion to win the game. What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to you're going to take that that chance every time, and uh, so yeah, I, I think I would have gone for it. Just the way that that game played out. Now, if it was a you know a seventeen sixteen game, and you know the and yards have been hard to come by, and you know pressure being you know administered to the quarterback all game, something like that, then no, then you're going to kick it all day long. But again, this is a forty three forty two shootout, so. Nobody was being really stopped on either side of the ball. It was kind of, it really had the feel of, all right, last team that has the ball is going to win the game. And that's the way, exact way it played out. And uh, so, yeah, I think just again with the circumstances of the game, yeah, you you do that every time. Wow. I don't know if I would have, but I I guess I'm not gutsy enough. So, all right, let's move on. Let's, let's, Let's get away from the Texas West Virginia game. So, 
So we know that uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Central, uh, Central Florida, UCF, are all undefeated teams. Let's go through each of the teams' Correct. remaining schedule. Yes, James. Okay, Chris. Yes. Go ahead. Well, while we got to move on, let's see what you think. You wouldn't, why wouldn't you go for that? No, I, I, mean, I just got through saying that if, if it do? was me, I, I would not have done it. I, 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 I don't not? care. I'm, I would not have done it. I mean, you got eleven. I'm, 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 I'm gutsy, but not, but not in that situation. You know, I, I, I would have been afraid to, to lose the game. I'd have just gone for the tie and then see who wins at the end. Oh man, come on, right, Mark? <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta take chances with that, especially if you're the home away team. You know? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I wouldn't have. I would not have. Again, you very, very rarely. How often do you see in college alone? How often do you see them going for the win? It doesn't happen very often, Chris. You're right. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. It's why it's been such a big kind of story all week. In uh, so yeah, I think I, I don't know. I think it takes some kind of special circumstances, a special coach, and uh, that's that's kind of what happened. It all it was kind of a perfect storm. And I'd watched the entire game, and I just there was there was no there was no I don't think he even thought about kicking that extra point one time. I really don't. Uh, but again, that, it's that is pretty rare. It doesn't really happen that often. Usually, when it happens, like I don't know if you guys remember the game, but Boise State played against Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. I don't know, it was about probably seven eight years ago. And they were huge underdogs. OU was, uh, you know, the juggernaut that they normally are. And they ended up going into overtime, and and uh, and they ended up going for two to win the game. And that was that was this famous Statue of Liberty play where the running back proposed to his wife, uh, future wife, there oh, on yeah. the sideline. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's about uh, the only. That's about the only other time I can remember seeing that, honestly. Uh, so it, it's very rare. It, it just, I guess it just doesn't happen that often. And again, getting a score with just like 11 seconds left, so you know that the other team is not going to be able to come back the other way. So There's just right. a, a confluence yeah. of circumstances that, that really made that one happen. Yeah. That's why I asked Chris that question, that why would you? Because if you know sports, you know, when you have the momentum, you got to keep it going and take it. Now, if you go into overtime, you might lose it. Then you lose the game. I, I'm I mean, sorry. I, I would not have done it. I just I just wouldn't because by happen chance that it, it, you don't make it, you're the GOAT. You you lose. You're, you're it. You know, everyone's talking about what a stupid play you did at the very end. But then he made it, and everyone's like, wow, what a gutsy play. And that's why I said, is it gutsy or was it careless? Sure that. Absolutely. You know, because you can look at it both ways. For sure. You know, but no, no he, he happened to he happened to make it, and 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 that, you know, according to the committee, that just boosted their 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 uh, chance on the on the within the top ten on the ranking. So, you know, by making that one this. play, that sure. that did it for him. Let me ask you this real quick. Oh, I know you have move on, but remember when um, uh, the quarterback for Dallas? I know who's on pro. Thing. And he didn't go on that fourth down. Remember that, um, Mark? And oh, the, yeah. Jerry Jones was and like, hey, yeah. take those chances, you know? We don't know. So he didn't take that chance at all. So now he's, out. he's a bad coach. He should have took it. 
So, like you said, Chris, is it Gussie or what? But you have to take that channel model because either way it goes, you'll be the hero or you'll be the loser. Plain and simple. If you don't take that there, there's chance, you'll lose in, overtime. In, in the Why NFL versus the college. But I'm just saying, it's still sports. You take that chance yes. in sports. That's what I'm saying. If he didn't take that chance with the two, Chris, and they came and lost overtime, they said he should have took it. He would have been a, still a loser in that. If he took it, he won. Okay. So, it's it's no win situation, so you have to just go for it. And you know, I'm a right mark. Oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And I, yeah, that that Jason Garrett and his, uh, I think they were in overtime, weren't they, in that game? And he had like a fourth and one, maybe from around the fifty yard line, and they decided to to punt it away. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just again, you know, football is such an emotional game, and I think just having the confidence in your the coaching staff to believe in you. I think that that goes a long way. I really think that. And you know, to I think at that point in the game to kinda just kick that extra point. I it just wouldn't I don't think it would have it, 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 basically giving Texas a chance to regain momentum at home and give them second life. And they just had the chance to, to basically Slit their throat, and they they went for it, and um, so I, I commend them for that for sure. No, 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 no. I I don't. I I think that was that was that it was gutsy, yes, but I think it was foolish. It was foolish to do that because it could have gone either way. And, and and again, like I said, there's a difference between college and NFL. And I think in the NFL, you have to go for it. You have to go for it when it's that. Especially near the end of the game like that, you have to go for it on fourth down. Um, well, I can, but, but, I can but in, in college, I, when I you have a short time, West Virginia on Saturday, because then we would have had a chance to win. <laughs> Texas would have. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, it, I, I can see your point on that. I really can. It's just uh, it, it definitely paid off for him in spades in this instance. So. But 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 and, you know ten, nine times out of ten, it, the play's not going to work. Yeah, I I I disagree with you on that. I think, like I said, I think they had some plays that they felt extremely confident in, in that they that they're going to get the two points. Yeah. And if you would have watched Texas's defense, the the Ole defense they're playing in the second half, uh, you, you you probably would have you probably could have run that one in, Chris. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me do the Statue of Liberty. All right, guys, let's, let's tell you what, let's take our next break. When we come back, we're going to talk, we're going to change the subject a little bit. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, are, are, are you ready to keep talking about more college football? Are we done with Texas-West Virginia game? Are we done? Yeah, we're done with that. I'm, you know, Thank um, you. <laughs> Texas, Texas, you know, I'm glad West Virginia won. No, I'm not. <laughs> so our guest today is Mark Slauson. He's our college football guru. Again, Mark, thank you for being on today. Absolutely. And yeah, well, it's, it's definitely new life and that. I, I've already had the PTSD from that game, so okay, we'll, 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 make it work. We, we won't we won't make you hurt any more than that. So, all right, but it was a good you. game. That's all I can say. It was a good game. Um, For sure. So before before when I, I started with my question, it was uh, about Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Central Florida UCF. They're all undefeated. What I want to do is go through each of the teams' remaining schedule and see if any of them will win out. So let's start with Alabama. They still have to face Mississippi State, the Citadel, Auburn, and Georgia. Mark, yeah. what's, their, what's their chance of them being able to win out? Um, well, since they're an NFL team playing college football, I, I like their chances. Um, <laughs> no, they, Georgia's going to be tough, I'm sure. I mean, they... They played them down to the wire last year in the national championship game. And, I mean, Georgia actually had that game won, and, and Alabama really swooped uh, victory from the jaws of defeat there. So that's going to be a really tough game. Uh, although, like, if you just look at the two teams this year, Alabama and Georgia, comparing them, it seems like Alabama light years ahead of where they were even last year. And I think Georgia's taking a step back. They had a lot of, a lot of graduations and things like that. Uh, a lot of the guys moved on to the NFL. So I think that's going to be really the only game that's going to be super competitive. I mean, Auburn obviously is their bitter rival, and generally that game is, is close and, and, and unpredictable at times. I just think that, that Bama's really just too tough with Tua. 
at quarterback. They're they're legitimately probably the best Alabama team in the the Nick Saban era, and that's that's a scary thought. So I think they're gonna. I think they are probably the best bet to to, to run the table for sure. I, I don't see them losing. Uh, they're gonna. I, I believe that they will be in the top four semifinal with with zero losses. Wow, James, what, what's your opinion on that? You know what, Chris? Um, go ahead and ask my other teams. I don't okay. follow college. I follow Boise and Wyoming. You know, Wyoming and Boise are a friend of mine. So I'm kind of learning yep. with all the teams and what their records. So I'm more listening and I can chime in with Mark if I have anything. But uh, I'm learning. So, you know, I'm not a college right. guy. But okay, get your notebook so, out and your pen, and, and, and we're going to give you a yeah. quiz later on. So, And if I have some on okay. the team, I'll chime in. But I don't really know about college, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, let's talk about Clemson. Clemson, they still have to face Boston College, Duke, and South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Clemson is, is very, just maybe a step, a notch below Bama. In terms of, of their the squad that they, they have this year, they uh, again made it to the, the the final four last year, and they've won it the prior year. Their quarterback, they brought in a new freshman, true freshman, Trevor Warren. Since he's taken over, they've just really taken taken it to the next level as far as their offense goes. Their defense it was known that they were going to be one of the best defenses in the. In, in, the, in the NCAA this year, and, and they have not disappointed. Uh, you know, South Carolina, again, that's kind of like the, it's like a mini kind of light version of the Alabama-Auburn rivalry. You know, two teams from South Carolina going at it. I just don't think that uh, South Carolina has both the horses or the coaching or anything to really make that one competitive. Uh, the, let's, who else do they play? Remind uh, Boston College and Duke. Oh, Boston College. Yeah, so Duke that'll be that'll be a joke. I, I think they'll they'll mm-hmm. take care of Duke, even though Duke's had a, a, a pretty decent year this year. At Boston College could be interesting. Um, the Boston College has a has a really good team this year. I think they only have two losses. They're top twenty team, but I just think that just the, the comparison, kind of the haves and the haves nots this year. There's a real big difference between them and and. Uh, Clemson and Alabama are definitely the haves, and, and basically everybody else is have-nots. So I, I don't see them losing any of those games either. All right, Notre Dame. They uh, say Florida State. Chris, Come back. Have, Go ahead, James. I have something for, for Mark. Mark, I mean, he's had all these teams, Chris, with all this. And I know me and you talk, Chris, about different stuff. You know, we talk more pro, but I... What is it going to take? I mean, because I know when Boston College was good. I mean, they, you know, they was always in there. But it seemed like ain't nobody ever going to be like Alabama. Shouldn't they change this up with Alabama playing more of the ranked team instead of the non-ranked team to keep their record like this? I mean, because you have to change this up sooner or later. Because Alabama run away with everything. And, I, and I'm hearing from you, like all these other schools, they're, oh, they can lose this and that, but they seem like they're playing more of the ranked teams than Alabama. They're playing Garbage Can State, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know if Boston College was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, this year, Alabama's schedule has, has not been great. 
uh, starting to get into the meat of their schedule. So by the end of the year, they will have played a lot of ranked teams. They, you know, they do what every other SEC team does, and they play teams like the Citadel and, you know, Alcorn State and whoever other scrubby kind of team. Um, which they should, I mean, they just really should never play a team like that. I mean, Alabama has no business being on the same field as the Citadel. I mean, that's, that's a joke. Uh, so I agree with you, James. And, and one thing that, I, again, the SEC, they only play eight conference games, so they don't play the ninth game. So their their teams, just as a result of not having to play each other as much, they end up having better records. And, again, three of those games are against really crappy cupcake-type teams. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Alabama, they really – but they, again, I mean – the, the whole deal is they have zero motivation to do that. What they're doing is working. You know, they've won five national championships in nine years. Um, so they're just there's literally no motivation for them to do anything differently than they've done, and that's where it gets frustrating as a as a college football fan. And you would hope that somewhere down the line there would be some kind of scheduling that makes more sense where it it's a balanced type schedule where every power five team is playing the exact amount of conference games, the exact amount of, you know, division two type games. And, but it's not, it's just, it, it isn't like that. Like this year, USC plays 11 power five teams and I think Alabama plays eight. So it's just, it's kind of silly, um, and it, it definitely uh, skews kind of the, the a lot of teams' records, and it's just a, it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that SEC is always going to be ranked higher, and it's just uh, it's kind of frustrating for the other teams that that play the nine conference game, uh, teams of the Big Big Twelve, Big Ten, and, and Pac twelve, and they just kind of end up cannibalizing each other. So it's just hey. something's got to change. Hey, Chris. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Chris, Mark ain't telling the truth because I was waiting to see if he tell this, Chris. He don't, Mark, tell them, I know you know this, Chris, you can tell it, how these schools like Alabama, Texas, um, these big schools, they come in and they say, hey, let's play Garbage Care State. And Garbage Care State, we'll play you, but Alabama, Texas, we're going to pay y'all $3 million to play y'all. Mm-hmm. And that school like, okay, we'll get beat up for getting our school three minutes just to play it. That's how those big-time schools does that. People don't know that, but they go in there and play these no-ranked teams, and the team's like, hey, we're getting $3 million just to get beat up. That's okay. Am I right, guys? Yeah, yeah. You're correct. I mean, the, the, the sad part, the part that kind of sucks is that a lot of these schools rely on those games. They, they literally fund their entire football program for like a year or two. So... They rely on it. They have to play them uh, in order to, to be sustainable. And, yeah, it's just, it's kind of just a weird system. I, I It doesn't – it is um, – yeah, the, the, but – and then I think the, the bigger programs use that as an excuse. They say, oh, okay, well, if we don't play Alcorn State, then their football program is going to shut down. And it's just like, oh, man. Uh, there just needs to be. I, I just. I don't. Power five teams need to play power power five teams, and 
let the lower division teams play each other. And it would just be so much more interesting for the fans and for the students. And, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think, you know, those, the smaller division schools are just going to have to figure out something else. And I mean, they do, the good part is they do have their, their, you know, 16 game playoff at the end of the year. And so those, the teams that are really good in, in the lower divisions, they do fine. They sustain themselves. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just, um, it's just a, it's a complete mismatch. It's, it's, nobody wants to see that game. I mean, uh, who, like, as Bama fans, do you think you're getting excited to go watch Alabama play the Citadel? It's just, it's, you know, fans are paying really good money to, to get seats to these games and, and to, you know, nobody wants to see that. They really don't. It's, it's, uh, the, the inequities of, of college football is something that needs to be addressed, but it doesn't, again, it's, it's the, the, the haves and the have-nots and these, Teams that are up at the top, they just don't have the motivation to, to make it any different. So they're just going to try to keep everything the same, and and that's probably the way it's going to be, unfortunately. Well, but then when they do play these teams, you know, for instance, I'll, I'll talk about Wyoming because Wyoming played at Tennessee, I believe it was like three, four years ago, and in that game they got their quarterback kicked, knocked out for the season. And so that, that just ruined Wyoming's season by doing that, by playing this top-ranked team when Wyoming wasn't ready. And that happens many times with these smaller schools. They have these major injuries. Sure. Oh, yeah. well, Chris, if you heard what Mark said, some of those schools live off that because they can't survive with the right. program with not getting that three million. So they don't care about that one player three years. No, am I right, Mark? And I know what you're saying, yeah, Chris, I mean, but those uh, schools don't look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I really do. And the thing that Alabama does, too, to kind of skirt the uh, whole issue, instead of playing, they never, you'll never see Alabama play a good team on the road, like out of conference. So they have all of the, the teams that are decent come play at Alabama, and then they do one per year where it's uh, on a neutral site. So they... Yeah, they and they bring in fans like nobody's business. So neutral site really is a home game for for Bama. So they they just have they have their little subtle ways of kind of rigging their schedule that just make it make them even better than they actually are. Um, so, but you know, the SEC is always tough. Uh, it just uh, it just bothers me that they don't play that extra conference game. And um, you know, we'll see if, we'll see how prepared they are to. to when they get to the to the final four, I think I think they're good enough that it's not even gonna matter honestly this year, but uh you know, it is nice to have have a tougher schedule to, to prepare you for, for games like the, the final four. So Right. Well tell you what, let's take our last break when we come back. We'll finish up talking about uh, Notre Dame and uh, UCF. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports fans, players, coaches, and owners are all on Twitter. And the Voice America Sports Channel is there, too. If you need to stay on top of sports news and the most current discussions, follow us today at Voice AM Sports. That's Voice AM Sports on Twitter. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving, and James, are you are you excited about college football now? Yes. If you like Mark, you didn't tell Mark Wyoming Wyoming only need to win four games to get in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, cool. Uh, you don't know they only need four games to get into four the potato chip bowl. You know. <laughs> oh man. Well, regardless of them getting a bowl, yeah. The, it's not going to be pretty. We know that. So, you know, we, we actually went down to a, a game, Mark, um, uh-huh. against Boise State, and it was painful. It was painful to watch. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I was kind of Yeah, kind of it, was, it was painful. So it was great for Boise State. So, woohoo. Yeah. Okay, so let, let, let's 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 wrap up the the last two undefeated teams. Let's talk about Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, they have to face Florida State, Syracuse, and USC. Yeah, I I think I think Notre Dame's going to drop one of these games. I really do. It's not going to be against Florida State. Florida State is uh, exceptionally bad this year, uh, and I think as a uh, as a Texas A and M. If you're a Texas A&M fan, you'd have to be a little bit leery of kind of the the position that the Jimbo Fisher, their their coach now, left that Florida State program in because that is a really bad team. And the, the crazy thing is, is that they have recruited like crazy, and they've got you know they they were like a top five recruiting team in the past five years or so under Fisher, but I just don't think he recruited the right guys in there. And they are a uh, they're a dumpster fire this year. So I 
I think uh, that will not happen. But look, Syracuse is super pesky, and wow. I can see them pulling off the upset. That <clears throat> um, they're playing that game at Yankee Stadium in uh, the Bronx, and it's just interesting. Um, I think that, that Notre Dame is really going to start feeling the heat a little bit and feeling the pressure. I mean, they're going to they're in a position. They went out and they're in the college football playoff, and that is that's a lot of pressure to put on a team. And really, Syracuse has been really good this year. I think they're top fifteen now. Uh, they got a senior quarterback, Eric Dungy, who's who's a stud, and they also have a backup, their uh, true freshman quarterback that. that get some reps too but they're and they're well coached Dino Babers is a really exceptional head coach and seems like they always get up for these kind of big games they beat Clemson a couple years ago so if I was a Notre Dame fan I would be extremely worried about that game and then to to finish things off they got to go to USC in Southern California and um, again SC is kind of a team like Florida State, where they have the athletes, they've got some stuff there. They just haven't been able to put it together this year at all. I think Clay Helton, their head coach, is going to be, I mean, that's going to be kind of their Super Bowl this year, playing Notre Dame. If they can somehow knock Notre Dame off in that last game of the year, it's definitely going to take some heat off of Clay Helton. For, you know, he's kind of been in the hot seat this year, uh, as well as he's done at SC. He just hasn't delivered you know, a top-four type of team. Uh, so, Notre Dame, I would be sketched out if I was a Notre Dame fan. I'd be worried about those last two games, Syracuse in the Bronx and then uh, USC in Southern California because both of those teams are going to give them their best game. And Notre Dame is, is a very good team, but I just don't think that they're, you know, at, the, the, dis, the difference between the talent level of USC and Notre Dame is going to be minimal. And I think, uh, you know, Syracuse is a lot better than, than they have been in, in a long time, and they can definitely bite you in the butt for sure. Okay. Last one is UCF, uh, University of Central Florida. They still have to face Navy, Cincinnati, and South Florida. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, UCF. Uh, yep. Navy, they're off this year. I don't know what uh, what's going on there. They've been a real thorn in a lot of people's sides over the last five years or so, but they're just having a really, really off year. So I think that uh, Central Florida, they're just way too explosive, I think, for, for Navy to keep up with them. So I don't think that that'll be an issue. I think the game that has a chance to be good and, and kind of spoil the parade uh, for Central Florida is, is the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati is a really good team. they got a great defense. Luke Fickle former defensive coordinator and, and interim coach of Ohio State. Uh, he's done a great job out there. And they're, yeah, that's going to be, again, that's going to be their Super Bowl. So that could be a really good game. And then uh, South Florida, you never know. I mean, um, that, that Charlie Strong, uh, the former Texas head coach, he's done a pretty good job out there in South Florida. Um he, he kind of took over for, for Willie Taggart, who now is the uh, Florida State coach. Um, and I think Taggart kind of had built that program up to a really high level. Strong has kind of just kept things flowing, although last week they got absolutely blown out by Tulane, which was kind of a shocker. 
Um, I yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think South Florida is gonna gonna beat them either. So I think um, I think they're kind of clear sailing, really. Um, other than that, Cincinnati game could be competitive. And then I'm sure they're probably going to play in the championship team as well, but I don't know who who they'd match up with on the other side of the the uh, the conference. There, it's it's they're kind of far and away the best team uh, of the non-power five schools. Uh, so I don't think they're going to have any problem uh, the rest of the way. I really don't. I think they'll still probably beat Cincinnati by a couple of touchdowns and. Then they're going to be undefeated, and then we're going to have that same argument again this year, Chris, where an undefeated team from from a lower level uh, gets left out of the playoff, and it's going to be really depressing. Right. You're right. And then James is going to get really fired up about it. (laughs) Well, it looks like uh, we're about ready to end the show here, but, you know, guys, it I, I always like to talk college sports because it, it opens my eyes to a few things and makes me realize, okay, who's going to move on to the next level? You know, and, and that was something I wanted to talk talk a little bit about, but we were out of time on that. But um, how about if we try to have you on again sometime, you know, near the, the end of the season? Oh, yeah. I'm game. That yeah, perfect, Just uh, give me a heads up. I'll be ready. Perfect. Okay. Maybe, Sounds maybe great. Texas well, will lose another game. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> you, you want them to be knocked out of the top 25. Is that what you're saying, James? Um, no, I like Texas. I just like messing with Mark. You know? <laughs> I like messing with Mark. Okay. I'll go Texas this weekend when we beat Tech. All right, buddy? Texas it's gonna, Tech, yep. It's going to be a late game. Be- I don't care what time it is. I'm going to send you an, an evil text. <laughs> It'll be a good game. All right, guys, you have a great week. And, uh, Mark, we'll Thanks definitely again, have you back Mark. on again near the end of the season. But it's been great as always. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry. James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.